Mixtapes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Oh, sorry for the pre-show noise. I just got done eating a big dinner, a big dinner, and I'm full of the gills, boys. I usually don't record after I eat. I usually go on an empty stomach, eat afterwards, change it up a little bit, full of energy. was like, you know what? Let's see if let's see if the, the the full belly, the full energy comes out. I'm just stuffed. I've been eating clean for a while, you know. I'm on the diet kick, boys. I'm on the diet kick, you know, trying to lose some weight. Uh, past two nights have not been good for me. Um, I just been feeling good. Uh, you know, like Monday was kind of a weird day. I didn't eat a lot on Monday, and then this weekend was kind of crazy with everything. So <clears throat> on Tuesday, yesterday. Was with the baby all day uh, with my daughter. I keep saying baby. She's two. Was with my daughter all day. Wife had to work all day. I come home from work, had to take care of the baby. So, you know, that's that's a full-time job, boys. So for lunch, we went to Wendy's, which, again, I don't do fast food often. I, ha- I probably haven't had Wendy's, and I'm not even kidding you guys, probably two years, right? I You know, McDonald's breakfast, I've had a little bit. I don't eat at Scumbag Burger King. Uh, if you want me to eat at Burger King, Burger King, you got to sponsor the podcast. I don't go there. Uh, flame boiled, fuck, fuck off. So I went to Wendy's and, and, and my wife, or my wife, my daughter loves fries. Obsessed with fries and ketchup. She could drink ketchup. She's a crazy person. Um, so we go there and uh, I get a little junior, junior cheeseburger, kept it, kept it light, no soda. No thanks on the soda. Uh, I kept it light and then my wife had to work a little later than expected. And I was like, man, getting the baby in and out of the car. I was like, uh, I could postmate something. I'm looking at something that postmates. We don't really have food. Wife's at the store now. I'm like, I guess it's a pizza night. I haven't had pizza in probably three weeks. And, uh, a local pizza place, uh, in the Cincinnati area was one of my favorites. I didn't actually didn't get pizza though. I got chicken tenders. I did have a, I ordered the wife a pizza. So I got one slice today. Since I eat chili is my favorite food in the entire world. I haven't had that in probably a week, which is actually a long time for me. I, I absolutely, this brain, body, everything runs on Cincinnati chili. I love it. If you're not from Cincinnati, you probably think it's disgusting. Fuck you. Um, but no, I had that dinner with my parents tonight, but I'm stuffed because I haven't had it in a while. I even went lighter. I even went what I normally, I usually, I, I probably went half of what I normally get and I'm still full to the fucking gills. But... If you are confused, if this is your first time listening, this is an MMA podcast. I will be recapping UFC 240 is what I call it, UFC 240. Ugh, boring. Um, didn't love the card, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, I w- we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, I start with personal stuff, always. Uh, let's just start with the TMI, right? Uh, if, if you're over uh, 80 and you don't know what TMI means, too much information. For the past month, without fail, I do my notes, my show notes. I get the system fired up, get the computer fired up, checking the levels, making sure the doors close, yada, yada, yada. The minute I'm ready to hit record, I sit on this chair, I got to take a shit. Every time for about a month, it doesn't fail. If I ever get constipated, which I have never had that problem in my life. If I ever get constipated, I'm going to come in here, sit down like I'm going to do a podcast and I'm excited to do it. I'm ready to go. Energy's going. That's going to clear me right up. I don't know what it is. Once a week. I mean, I poop obviously more than once a week, but I record this podcast once, twice a week. Every time. It doesn't matter. I try to tell myself in my head, okay, if you got to take a shit, take it now. Obviously, you can't. I can't force shit out. I can't poop on command. 
and I sit down, I got to take a shit. So it, 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 it's, it's frustrating. Um, I was telling my wife about this on, on, on the car ride back home. She went out, the, she, she took the car and, and, and the little one out to, to the store target. Of course she loves fucking target. What woman doesn't right? Every woman just, I mean, just they, they should get married there. That's like their life's target. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, I was telling her that and I come back and sure shit, I gotta go do it. I took a picture of myself on the toilet, you know, nothing graphic, you know, relax boys. And I'm just like, I can't believe I'm here again. I mean, I literally thought if you openly talk about it, it won't happen, but that's not true. Another thing that happened, uh, a lot of, I don't do video podcasts. I'm thinking about it. Um, I, I did videotape or record videotape. I'm a thousand. I did record the podcast with Austin, um, that has been out forever trying to, we'll get into that in a little bit as well. Trying to get that edited up, having a little bit of issue. I think I've talked about it before. So if you look at that podcast, you'll see I have a full head of hair, right? One of my best redeeming qualities as a person, as a human being, as an alpha male, as a good looking dude, as I got a head of hair on me, right? I got locks, bros. I got a good head of hair on me. I have a lot of my friends' hairs are regressing. I mean, we're in our 30s now, right? It's that time. My hair stands strong. However, I work in the heat and my wife, you know, owns her own salon. She cuts hair for a living. That's what she does. I, she, she works, um, at, you don't know, you know, I'm not going to explain to you how Cincinnati traffic works, but where she works about 30 minutes away, but traffic is a pain in the ass and she doesn't like cutting my hair here in the house. Even though I went out and I bought clippers, I bought everything she needs. So she doesn't bring anything home. Doesn't like doing it. I got to beg her to do it. So finally we got in a little argument like a couple weeks ago. I was like, fuck it. I'll just let it grow. I don't give a shit. Well, this week boys, it's, it's been, it's, it's been hot. It's been steamy. And, uh, I needed it cut. And I, I was like, you know what? If you don't cut, I'll fucking shave it. I'll shave it off. I'll buzz it. I, I used to rock a buzz cut in my early twenties. Nice little tan. That was obviously maybe 60 pounds ago. Um, but you know, it, it was a good look for me. And I was like, I'll cut, I'll fucking shave it. I need this fix. By the end of my day, my hair is crazy. I got this one curl that goes on my forehead like I'm a fucking greaser in the 50s. And uh, so finally she's like, okay, I'll cut your hair. And, you know, she likes to style it and cut it and do the part, you know, fancy stuff. She always wants me to put shit in my hair. Um, And all of a sudden I was like, I didn't say anything because I know she don't want me to shave it. I'm like, just do your thing. I'm glad you're cutting it. Thank you for cutting it. And then she's like, let me, let me try something here. I'm going to, you know, and I'm a, I'm, I tell her all the time, if you, if, you know, she does a lot of women, but she also cuts men's hair. I go, you experiment on me. If you want me to grow my hair long, I'll grow my hair long. Do whatever you want. I really don't care about it. Which is weird. It's one of my redeeming qualities, one of my best qualities, but I really don't give a shit about it. I don't comb my hair. I just let it go. Um, so she starts playing around with it and it's, and it starts getting kind of wonky and she looks at me and she's like, ugh. I think I might have to shave it. So we buzzed it. I got a buzz cut now. First time in about maybe, oh, I don't know, five years maybe. I, I've, I've had one since I was with her. It was it was uh, before she went on and did her own salon thing. Um, I threatened to buzz my head. She didn't like it buzzed. And it, this was, I think, right after we got married. I said, I'll, I'll fucking buzz it. I'll do it. Or maybe it was right, right before we got engaged. Can't remember. And uh, so I buzzed my head. So I, I did it again. All work's going to feel amazing. I can't wait. Uh, two little final, you know, tidbits here before we jump into all the MMA stuff. Um, this, but b- uh, this is going to be a. I should have probably said this at the beginning of the show. I'm a terrible host. Um, my birthday Sunday. Congratulations to me 
Uh, is that, uh, let me see. Yep, yep, thank you. Thank you. Ah, I'll be 33. I'll be 33 August 4th. I share the same birthday as Barack Obama and Billy Bob Thornton. How about that? How about that? Um, so I'm going to have uh, come Thursday and Friday when I would record the Pick'em, we're actually getting new doors in the house, new interior doors. So I'll be, uh, I'll be doing that, doing some man stuff. So I didn't have enough time. So this will be a double episode. I'll play a little, I'll play a little thing to let you know if you don't want to hear the pick them or you're, you're not interested in that. So if this, if you're listening to this and you're like, man, this, this guy's going to ramble on for fucking an hour and 20 minutes, whatever it is. Um, the second half could be a pick them. So, um, before that, two little things here before we get on the MMA Apple. I love you. I love Apple products. Everything I own is an Apple. I'm an Apple guy. I got three Apple TVs. I got a MacBook right staring right in front of me. Got the latest iPhone. Got iPads. Wife has an iPad. Wife has a MacBook. I'm sorry. Wife has a Mac desktop. Love it, right? Got all my family hooked on it. Got the AirPods, everything. Apple Watch. I'm an Apple dude. Um, so I want to sell these. The All the shit laying around. My wife has a computer from like 2009. I have an old MacBook that I gave to my wife. Now that she has a new computer, she doesn't need it. And the Apple Watch. Um, listen, I, I wore the Apple Watch. I'm not a watch guy. I never have been. It just, for whatever reason, I don't like it on my wrist. Add on top of the fact that I got to charge this fucking thing, right? So I got it as a gift for painting my parents' house. They got me the Apple Watch. Same with my wife. And uh, I tried to do it. I tried to, you know, I like wearing at work because I burn a lot of calories at work and stuff with the sweat and all that. Um, it, it's just, but when I work out, I don't really lift weights or anything like that. I do like cardio stuff and I hate running. Um, I, I, I try to run, but I just hate it. I do the treadmill stuff. I can't run outside, but a lot of my workout is, is primarily boxing related. So I wrap my hands. I got boxing gloves on. I can't wear the watch. It, you know, I tried every which way. So I'm not technically, I'm not getting credit for my workouts, right? That's the way I think about it. And, uh, and, and being a battling hypochondria too, having something attached to your wrist, that's going to beep every time something might be wrong isn't a good look for me, right? I, I lose my fucking mind. That's just the way my mind is set up right now. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get rid of that. I'm going to get rid of these two computers. So Apple has a trading program. I could have went the route of selling it on Facebook, whatever. Fucking people are getting murdered doing that. I've sold some shit on Facebook. I sell stuff on Craigslist or whatever like that. I always bring like a friend with me, um, you know, but it's, 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 I mean, I just read a 16 year old boy just got murdered from his dad from an Xbox deal. Like, fuck off. Like, really? You're going to kill somebody for Xbox fucking low lives. But, um, so I didn't even want to go that route. I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to trade into Apple because I want to get final cut pro. Now I'm, I, if you pay attention to my Instagram, I did a little edit video. I'm trying to edit the podcast with Austin and I have a free trial, uh, of, uh, of final cut pro, which is owned by Apple. So it, it makes sense. Trade them and they give me gift cards. That's where the money's going to go to anyway. So anyway, um, I get like about 300 bucks for everything I'm trading in, which is whatever. I mean, obviously they're going to fucking lowball you, but it is what it is. My wife's dinosaur computer got like 30 bucks, but you know, it is, it, it is what it is. Um, I don't mind what, how much money they're giving to these old products. I don't, I, I don't mind that at all. My problem is, is they're giving me an Apple store gift card for it. And I said, okay, great. Um, I, I'm going to go ahead and use that on, uh, on final cut pro. Cause that's what I want. It's, it's about the same price. They're like, um, yeah, Final Cut Pro is in the app store. Like there's no physical way. This is an Apple store gift card. So you can only use this at a retail store or apple.com. And I go, okay, so, okay, fine. Uh, well, you guys sell app store gift cards. So I'll just come in and buy apps. No, you can't. 
and I'm talking to a guy via chat on Sunday when I, when I found all this out and he goes, no, you can't, uh, you can't, um, you can't do that. You can't buy gift cards with gift cards. I go, but, and he's like, because you're trading in Apple products and you paid money for that. That's the, we're giving you money to go back to more Apple products. I understand that. Like Apple doesn't own every app in the app store. I could go buy a fucking movies and on iTunes and all that shit. I'm sure they get a small percentage of that, but their idea is like, we want the whole thing. Well, guess what? The fucking final cut pro. What I want to buy is owned by you guys. You guys are going to get the money and you don't have a physical copy of it. And your website leads me to the app store, which I can't use these fucking gift cards. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I don't know like what you want me to do. The money's going to be yours. And I'm talking to this guy and he's very nice. Very, you know, I'm not talking to him. I was, I was messaging him because I don't want to get on the phone yet. Cause I'll fucking jump down your throat on the phone. So he was no help. He just says, I'll pass along to whoever. And isn't that it's Wednesday? I haven't heard anything back. Now I have money to buy the final cut pro. I, I have, you know, money set aside or, or you know, 300 bucks. I can buy it right now. My trial is like, you know, I have like 15 days left in my trial. So I'm, I'm still, you know, working at it or whatever. But the goal is to get final cut pro to really get good at editing. I kind of want to maybe leave my job. I'm at now get better at what I'm doing, provide more content for you guys. Right. Final cut pro. I used to make stupid YouTube videos with Austin, like, you know, comedy videos or whatever. Um, and I used to edit on iMovie and it was so painstakingly bad. And everyone, every, anybody that edits anything usually edits via final cut pro. And I just, Back then, right when I was about to pull the trigger on it, because it's 300 bucks, I'm like, oh, I don't know. And then Austin's like, yeah, I'm not really interested in making videos anymore. And I'm like, well, no sense in me buying this for fucking, you know, throwing together a 50th birthday party video or slideshow or whatever. But now that I really want to use that, I, you know, if I start filming podcasts, if I have a guest on or what have you, I would like to have a good tool. So Apple's just not helping me, right? They're just not doing it. It, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I get that you want the money, but you own the product that I want to buy. You're going to get the money. It's just, it's crazy. Like, everyone's like, well, sell the gift cards. Like, that just seems so scummy selling it. Again, back to getting shot. Like, hey, I'm going to sell you $300 worth of gift cards, and they're going to come and fucking just shoot me and take it. Fucking the people, the Apple stores get robbed all the time for this shit. Like, people are nuts. Um, I'm trying to make deals with my friends. Like, hey, if you want a fucking Apple TV like I have $300. I'll give you $300 worth of Apple store stuff for two fifty. dollars You know what I mean? I'm giving discounts out and I'm like, Ugh. so I have the money for it, but I have these 300 sitting there with nothing left to do. So I got to go in. I got to grease some wheels. I, I, I got to, I got to go in there and, and do something about this. Cause this is just, I mean, it's, it's, it's really weighing on me since Sunday and it's just a problem anyway. Okay. So that's, that's the personal stuff out of the way. Well, one last personal thing here. Um, I alluded to it. Podcasts to go two podcasts to go. I applied for a job. It was MMA related. I was going to let you guys know about all the details and everything like that. Um, suffice to say, I did not get the job. Um, I was in communication with the people um, and it, uh, you know, it just didn't go my way. Essentially, it was an ESPN, um, MM, ESPN MMA media job, um, not on air personality or anything like that. I was just going to be one of a group of people that worked for the social media. And so I submitted my resume with some Photoshop and with some of my samples of what I do. A guy reached out to me, said, that's great. Did a little phone interview and, uh, and then, and then got another follow-up call saying it, it wasn't going to happen. They were going to go someone else. 
which is fine. I mean, I, I mean, I felt like it was, it was it, I'm going to take my shot, right? I have no problem that this was, I found out on Twitter about this and then it popped up on LinkedIn. So it wasn't like they contacted me. It wasn't like they headhunted me or whatever. Uh, it was cool that I, I thought I would get ghosted. I thought I'd apply here. Nothing. They, they responded back really bad at Photoshop. I, I, I downloaded again, download the free version and try to put some of these graphics together that they want on their media, social media page. I looked at the social media page and what they do. And it just, you know, and it was something that it was what I was thinking to maybe get my foot in the door. And obviously that's not what something I want to do permanently, but it's a foot in the door. You got to start somewhere. Right. And uh, it just wasn't meant to be. It just didn't happen. Um, as far as I know, I, I didn't get further enough to try to understand the nuts and bolts of it. But as far as I know, I could do that from home and just communicate with the group of people and, and whoever's like in charge or, or, or whatnot. But uh, that's just my assumptions. I don't really know what the, what, what it would have been. But um, yeah, again, I'm going to take my shot, shoot or shoot. So I'm going to take my shot at the, uh, at the big stuff and I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. And if this, what we're doing right here, um, that's the mo most important thing. All right. So let's jump into UFC 240, two boys, what I called it. Um, listen, I said on the pick em podcast, I said, on the regular podcast, I wasn't excited about this fight card, right? I picked it with Devin. If you listen to that, thank you. We did some new rules. Underdogs mean more. Lock in the night, all that stuff. It was, hopefully, it wasn't too confusing. So, I lost to Devin again. The guy has my fucking number. 3-0 and against, or three, he beat me three times now. 6-3, um, to three, Devin took me down with the point system. I literally only got one fight right opposite him. It just happened to be my lock in the night. And I thought he'd finish, so I got a point on top of that. Uh, not too excited about that, if I'm being honest with you. Not too excited I lost to Devin. This card, it, it was a weird one. It just, there was nothing that really stood out for me. Like, you know, I, I kind of tweeted my disappointment. I was really excited about the main event. I didn't want to pay for it, right? I, I You know, I, I don't like streaming. I've done it before, uh, hand up, allegedly. So if you're listening to this and you want to come at me, don't. I, it, it's something I don't love doing, but I, I mean, I have done. Um, and that was kind of the plan for this night. Some things happened family wise. So I had to buy it because I wasn't going to be at home to watch it. So I had to buy it. I had to, you know, come back and watch it. And, um, I mean, I already got the spoilers cause you know, I was on my phone, so I wasn't like avoiding anything, but I came home, watched it, finished the next morning. Uh, yeah, just overall, just not, you know, not my kind of card. We're going to go over it. We'll talk about it. Uh, first fight was the heavyweight fight that got canceled. The uh, Brazilian Giacomo Lomas got busted by USADA for something, maybe just maybe fucking having a giant head steroid. I don't know. Uh, so the real first fight of the night was Kyle Stewart versus Eric Koch. Eric Koch jumping up to 170. A guy has been around for a while. Looked okay. Um, he was a striker. Now he's a grappler. Um, but, you know, Kyle Stewart's kind of a, a guy who probably shouldn't be in the UFC. He's a little sloppy. I picked Stewart just opposite of Devin. Devin picked first. He picked Eric Koch. I went oppo. I, I decided to go uh, try to get the points there. I thought it was a pick em fight. The, the the line was a pick em fight, essentially. Um, both were in the minus. Um, Eric Koch looked good. I think 170 is a good thing for him. He's put on a lot of muscle. Cardio didn't look great. Maybe I mean, hopefully it'll get better. Hopefully it'll stay more active. He does get banged up a lot, but... Again, not overly impressed with that fight. Next up was uh, Gillian. Gillian, uh, if you're Canadian, tell me how uh, how do you pronounce her name? Uh, Robertson versus Sarah Frota, who is terrifying. Like I feel like 
if you say her name three times, she'll like appear and fucking murder you. Um, both Devin and I were on Sarah and she got just mauled. Jillian's really good on the ground. I thought it was over. I thought Froto had a couple times had some submissions and it just didn't go away. And, and Jillian was, was a beast on top through some big, big shots, big, big elbows and uh, took the fight away uh, as a, as a slight underdog. There was a pick and fight again. She was slight underdog, but Devin and I both were on uh, Frota. Next up we had, uh, Alexandra, uh, Alexandra Potoja versus Devinson Figueroa. Figueroa was a slight underdog. Devin, uh, Devin got this pick right. He, um, or you got some, got some more points of getting this right. He got, uh, you know, instead of one point, he got two points for this fight since he was a slight under or slight favorite, excuse me, or underdog oh, brains broken. This is awesome. This fight shouldn't have been where it was at. This would have been on a main card in a Braz- uh, main card slot you know uh if it was in brazil um don't know why they buried this uh it was in one of the fights tonight if not the fight tonight uh, jeff neal nico price was really good too but i love this fight Fan- Fan- uh pantoja fantoja fantasia pantoja is a guy who isn't the cleanest striking he's pretty good on the ground he's kind of good everywhere but not great devin Figueroa has showed a chin has showed killer instincts and fucked up pantoja it was pretty even the first half of the fight and then i thought Figueroa took over but Pantoja, no quit, was busted up and and hung in there. A lot of ways out for him, and, and uh, he didn't take it. But, yeah, I took that fight. Uh, Devin got that fight wrong. Or, excuse me, Devin got that fight right. I got that fight wrong. We split on that. Next up, Gavin Tucker versus uh, Sing Woon Chu, Cho, Choi. Uh, Gavin Tucker, guy kind of went out online. Uh, guy that's very hyped. A Canadian guy. Hasn't fought since 2017. Um, one-on-one UFC coming in. He's got crazy tattoos that aren't like finished. Just kind of underwhelmed by him. I don't know. I just, you know, I, I, I root for Canada. I think Canada has pound for pound the best fans. Um, I mean, there's some cities in, in the United States that are really good, but Canada just know what matter where they go, Edmonton, Calgary, um, Toronto, Montreal, whatever. They're, they're, they're awesome fans. I mean, they go crazy. Um, so you root for can- a Canadian MMA guy to break through. Hakeem Dawa is trying to do that. OAM was kind of the guy that, you know, he's kind of got off track now. Um, Gavin Tucker, a guy, good-looking kid, uh, tatted up, right? Doesn't have the best style in the world. He was kind of clinching and grabbing, and this was a winnable fight. And he, and he locked up a submission, got the win. Devin and I both picked Gavin Tucker, but he was a small favorite, but he, be, he needs to be a little more active and and. and I'm really concerned with his step up in competition because again, I didn't, I didn't love, didn't love what I saw there. I just, it, it wasn't, um, it wasn't an overwhelming performance. Next up, Akeem Dawadu versus Yoshin uh, Hori, Yoshin Nari Hori. Dawadu is a huge favorite. This is a closer fight. Um, Hori Nori uh, was it? Hori Hori. It's so uh, just so weird saying that name. Hori. I mean, in America, Hori means a little bit different. <laughs> Am I right? Um, Hakeem Dawadu again, a, a guy I'm, I'm, I'm lukewarm on. Um, I think he's explosive. I think his technique's really good, but there's going to be times where he fights an equally guy an an equal of his with some good technique where he might, the fight might slip away from him. I think he needs to be a little more active. I think this fight played out cause, uh, Yoshinori was, was coming forward and, and he landed that counter head kick and didn't knock him out, put him on his butt. Nori's got a fucking Hori has a chin on him, but, uh, this was a good fight for Hakeem. And, and, um, you know, I, I, I think he needs to maybe step up in competition just a little bit. I don't want to push him too far, 
But uh, I, I think this kid's got a bright future. I think he's very, very technical. Um, his striking's good. His takedown offense seems good. His, his cardio is really good. But uh, this didn't answer a lot of questions. Uh, but Devin and I both got that fight right. He was a huge favorite. Uh, next up, you had uh, Alexis Davis versus Viviani uh, Arudulu. Uh, both Devin and I had this fight. This was Devin's lock in the night. She was a she was a two to one favorite. Uh, Alexis Davis, a girl who's been around, woman who's been around, excuse me, a long time. And uh, I thought this was going to be a walk in the park. Viviani has, has knocked people out. Big power. Um, closer fight. It was was Davis hung in there tough. Viviana kind of took the fight to where she needed to go, but slowed down towards the end. And Davis was in her face the whole time. And um, yeah, didn't get the finish. Devin predicted, uh, you know, a, a finish and didn't happen. So that's kind of a win on Davis. Um, next up, you had uh, Christoph Jocko versus Mark Andre Balut. I had Balut. He was the underdog at plus 140. Got to take the underdog on that. I would have taken that nine out of 10 times. Jocko, solid dude, training American top team now. Really up in his game, become more well-rounded fighter. However, he does have a chin problem. Um, but Roots just didn't wasn't aggressive enough for me. I think he really needed to push the pace and crack Jocko. He kind of went with the wrestling base as well. He's trying to steal the points. I feel like his debut shook him up a little bit, where he got out. You know, he he got outmatched and got out wrestled and and lost that uh, fight. So I think he wanted to kind of come back and steal this fight. He didn't really put on a show. This fight kind of was a little flat for me uh, to kick off a pay-per-view card. Um, Devin got this fight right, right. I got this fight wrong. Jocko, one, minus 170 favorite. Um, I, you know, if, if, if we weren't playing points and we weren't playing, you know, you know and that's another thing. I tweet this out. There's fighters and there's, I don't see a lot of handicappers doing this, but fighters that pick fights for fun. I'm 11 and 0. I'm 10 and 1. You picked all chalk, bro. There wasn't that many underdog picks in this. There's one that many underdog winners on this card. Show me the dogs you get, not the fucking chalk that you're picking. Anybody can pick minus 400 favorites. Give me the minus, give me the plus 225s, the plus 250s, the plus 350s that you're picking. Let's slow it down. All right. Handicappers and the handicappers I follow, I'm the probably most ill-advised handicapper there is because the handicappers I follow and I respect, they're talking about units and fucking, oh, I'm a half unit up and I track all my bets and blah, blah. Like I'm not there yet. Right. I I, mean, I like betting for fun and I, and I do it and I do it almost every card. Um, maybe I'll start tracking them. I don't know. I give you the podcast. I don't, I'm not going to sell my picks. Like some people are selling their picks. Do your hustle, make your money. Never going to be me. I don't see the value in that. I just, I just it's just not going to be me. The podcast, you might have to, hopefully you might have to sit through some ads so I can get paid, but you're always going to get my picks for free. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I, you know, I, these guys are talking units, stuff like that. It's like, oh, I put a hundred bucks on that. Right. You know, I like, I know what a unit means. You, you know, a unit is whatever you're well, half a unit. Say I'm going to bet my unit of bet is 200 bucks. So if you go 3.5 units and you're betting three times 200 or whatever it is. Um, so I understand the lingo. I understand what these guys are doing. I just, I don't talk like that. I don't really do that online. I tell you, I, I put up some bags, got some bags, huh? Cause there's not really a unit emoji. There are some pretty sick bag emojis and some and dollar dollar bill emojis. But, um, this is a fight that you take nine times out of 10 on the underdog. Uh, next up, Olivia Albert Mercier versus uh, Armand Tusukakin. I cannot pronounce this guy's na- name. His name's Armand. Um, we, Devin and I both had Armand. He's a big favorite. Young kid. Good, strong kid. I thought there was some value in OAM. I really did. I thought um, at one uh, at 165, uh, almost a two, you know, almost close to 200 return on your money. 
you know, he's he's a, he's kind of a similar Armand. He's he's that kind of a style matchup. Can strike a little bit, but more of a grinder. Armand just was quicker, better everywhere. Um, according to everybody, this was OAM's like best training camp. Like GSP was with them every day, getting them ready for this. And he looked good. He didn't get tired, and he was and he was big in there. But Armand's just a special dude. Um, that just lets you know how good Islam Makachev is. I mean, Jesus. Because this Armand kid is 20 years old. He's going to be he's gonna be a fucking real deal in that division at 155. He's going to be a problem. Ripped up. Strong as shit. Doesn't seem to get tired. Okay striking. Um, I need him to be... If he's going to be the next guy at 55, I'm going to need him to start killing people. I need him to be a fucking savage. I need him to go in there and start taking heads off, taking necks off, taking arms off, whatever you got to do. The decision winning is cool, but you got to get some finishes in there if you're gonna if you're gonna get some respect from me. I respect him as a fighter, but you know what I mean. I mean, I'm gonna keep an eye on you, but let's get some finishes. All right. Uh, next up, Jeff Neal versus Nico Price. Devin and I split on this. Devin took the under on Nico, which is a smart pick. Again, that's value for your money. Uh, awesome fight. Jeff Neal and Nico both got knocked out at the same time. A little troublesome there for Jeff Neal a little bit. I thought Jeff Neal was a little more tight. However. We haven't seen him in there with a wild man like Nico. Nico can fucking bang. Nico can crack. He's hittable, but he also can fucking hit you. And he's got some real power that uh, that people haven't really dealt with yet. So, um, or Jeff Neal hasn't dealt with yet. At least we haven't thought. But Jeff Neal remained calm, remained poised, and went in there and I'm getting a finish and uh, in, in finishing Nico Price by, I think it was TKO. I think he dropped him and finished him on the ground. Um, that was my lock of the night. And I predicted a finish. So I got uh, three points on that. That was my only fight I picked right. Um, all the other fights Devin and I picked together. And then when all the fights went opposite, he, he got me on Uh co-main event was Chris Cyborg versus Felicia Spencer. Awesome fight. Uh, Felicia Spencer. Again, we'll get to cyborg in a little bit. Uh, and Joe Rogan, all that. And it, after we recap the card, um, a lot of people I see upset that people are talking about Felicia Spencer, how tough she is. Well, yeah, because not many people can hang with cyborg like that. Right. She's only lost really once. I mean, I know she has her first pro debut was a loss. She's lost in Muay Thai or kickboxing, whatever. But, <clears throat> excuse me, but she's never really lost besides Amanda Nunes. So when you see Felicia Spencer, who's at seven fights and who teaches fucking algebra still, um, it, you know, hopefully you don't hear that fucking lawnmower. My neighbor's mowing the lawn at eight o'clock at night. I mean, it's still light out, whatever. Um, but Felicia Spencer, tough as nails. So we're going to give Felicia Spencer because we've seen Cyborg do this to so many people and everyone break. Felicia Spencer's like, fuck, I'm here for, I'm, I'm here. You're not going to hurt me. Got me, you know, didn't really get dropped or anything, but like, I mean, took some big shots and was there. Um, obviously didn't have the game to beat Cyborg. Wasn't good enough on her takedowns. Wasn't strong enough. Uh, and obviously your striking needs a little bit of work and Cyborg kind of, Cyborg did come out a little wild though in the beginning. I mean, again, if she comes out like that with Amanda Nunes, she's going to have some real problems. Got to tighten up that defense a little bit and then settle in. I think she's really eager in the beginning but you need to settle in. She settled in this fight really good and, and was cracking in there. Uh, main event time, Frank Yeager versus uh, Max Holloway. Uh, Devin and I split on this fight. He took Max. I took Frankie as my under. That was my... I love Frankie for this fight. I really did. And I'll tell you why. Max... Um, Max... Uh, hasn't fought a guy like Frankie, right? Dennis Bermudez, I brought it up on the podcast, was the closest thing, right? Ricardo Lamas, yeah, but Ricardo Lamas isn't... kind of stopped wrestling for a while. Dennis Bermuda has beat Max, um, similar style to Frankie. Frankie hasn't been, a, you know, Frankie's 37 now. He hasn't fought in a little bit, but I was really curious to see what Max take down because Frankie gets everybody down, right? Frankie's takedowns are really good. His technique's really good. His cardio is really good. I thought, you know, 
as a big underdog as he was, you got to put money on him. So I put a couple shekels on him. Um, I obviously picked him in Devin and I's pick him. Didn't work out. I, I have no problem with that pick. Again, I'll probably make that pick 9, 10, out of 10. The problem, not even the problem I have, but the realization I have was how good Max is. I've always knew Max was good. Um, the, the, the Jose Alda fight says everything about what you need to know about Max. I know he dropped one to Poirier, which is an amazing fight. Um, and Poirier's criminally underrated. But Max looks so good. He didn't have a mark on his face. He out-cardioed Frankie for five rounds. Frankie, by, by no means, was gassed, but definitely was sucking air because he's moving a lot. Got cracked a bunch of times by Max. Neither of these guys really dropped. A little uneventful, I think. Um, it wasn't the most action-packed fight, but it was very highly technical, and, and Max really fought a smart game plan. Stayed low, brought his body tight down, so it took away from his height a little bit. Didn't take away from his reach, but took away from his height, so Frankie was in striking range, so he made himself more hittable. But with that low base and that creeping style, he was ready for the takedowns. Frankie took a lot of shots. I think he maybe got one or two takedowns. Max popped right back up. Didn't really do much with it. Frankie's really good on top, too. Frankie can get you down and he can keep you down. Max was really seemed really strong and big in there, and, and, and his cardio was amazing. I couldn't believe he, he out-cardioed Frankie, and he was being active, and he was throwing stuff, and he fought a really smart fight. Um, again, wasn't the best featherweight fight no it was an interesting matchup as an mma dork like myself i was very intrigued by the matchup that's why i picked frankie because we hadn't seen uh max take somebody like this and this was a good tune-up fight oh, and i don't want to say tune-up because i don't want to disrespect frank yeager this was a good kind of benchmark to see because alexander volkanovsky who's waiting in the wings is a bigger stronger frank yeager the guy doesn't get tired he hits harder he does grapple really well. He'll push it against the fence. I think his wrestling isn't as good as Frankie's. I think Volkanovski has great wrestling, but it's not as clean and polished as Frankie. So I'm not really sure if he's going to be able to get Max down, but he's going to be able to threaten with the punches more than Frankie was because Max can take a shot. Frankie isn't the biggest puncher or the biggest guy for 145. I mean, he should be fighting at 135 if we're being realistic. But he can, but Volkanovski can crack, threaten with the cracking. The cracking, threatened with the hands, and, and, and really hit Max and then work for the takedowns. Really interesting fight. They're trying to spin it. They're trying to do it for Australia. I think that's in October sometime. I think that's a little too for too soon for Frank, or excuse me, for Max. I think Max needs a chill. He's been pretty active. He fought in April. He fought in July. I mean, October's not that far away. Just you know, take it easy. But uh, overall, not the best event in the world. I'm a little bummed that I spent money on it. However, that money is going to the fighters. It's going to promotion. I'm going to represent. I'm going to do my my part to, um, you know, help out. You know, the, the the fighters more than anything. I mean, if Max is a champion, so he's going to get a pay per view cut. But um, yeah, um, that's it. I mean that. It, it, eh. I mean, I wish I had a sound effect that was just like, eh. but not really that. Just like just something else to let me know like if a fight was like okay or not. But um, yeah, an all right card. I mean, I'm not going to go crazy about it. Right. But, uh, we went six and five on the night total. So we, we were, we were in the positive. I lost money. I didn't win any money because I, I, I put some, uh, put all my, uh, chips in the, um, Frankie Edgar bowl and sprinkled a little in the Jeff Neal bowl, but he was such a big favorite. Didn't it? It didn't really matter. So that's it. That's UFC 240. Now we'll get to the two big things since UFC 40 hits. 
People online were roasting Joe Rogan. They think he has an agenda. They think the UFC is feeding into his headset saying, say this, only talk about this. Don't hype her up. Don't hype him up. That's insane. Do I think Joe Rogan's perfect? No, I think he, I love him at the desk. I tweeted out. I love that. It was a two man booth. I don't like Dominic Cruz in there. I love DC. I think DC's great. Paul Felder's great. Michael Bisping, work in progress. Cruz hit the bricks. I don't ever want to hear Cruz again, but um, Rogan and Nick, it was a good one too, right? And Rogan had to kind of do more because there's not a third. And a lot of people roasted him because, you know, he got a little overexcited when someone does an arm bar. And I don't think people appreciated him enough. I think, you know, we got to be happy while Rogan's here because Rogan makes so much money doing podcasts and stand-up. He really doesn't need to do the UFC. He does it because he loves it. I'm sure he's making good money with the UFC, but he doesn't have to do it. I've, I've heard him, you know, he signs one-year deals now instead of multi-year deals or whatever it is. And typically he doesn't go out of the country. I'm not really sure why he went to Edmonton. I know it's, I mean, Canada is our Northern brothers. I mean, I, I know it's a different country, but I mean, we're connected. It's not, you know, it's not like he's fucking going to Brazil or something like that. But, um, I, I was surprised he did the Edmonton car. Maybe, you know, I know Edmonton's a great comedy town. I know there's a, a great comedy club up there. Maybe he did a show and he just said, well, fuck it. I'm, I'm in town. I'll do the UFC too. Not sure why he did it. Not sure how that worked out, but uh, listen, He's not perfect, right? I don't think he had a great night. I listened to it because I, I obviously got all the feedback on Twitter and then watched it kind of afterwards a little bit late late Saturday night, early Sunday morning. So I kind of listened to what people were complaining about. A little bit nitpicky um, in the thought, the think that Rogan had like an agenda to push Felicia Spencer and downgrade Cyborg and Dana White's hand him a note saying, say this, say this, or whatever the fuck producers in the back. And he gets, get fucked, right? That doesn't happen. There's no way, right? I know Cyborg's got a little beef with the UFC right now, but there's fucking 0.0% chance that ever fucking happened. Rogan just kind of goes off and he was surprised like most of us that Felicia Spencer, who a lot of people predicted would probably wouldn't get out of the first round, second round, maybe. Um, and she fucking hung in there and showed some balls. I mean, we've only seen one fight of hers in the UFC. She went in there and took everything Cyborg had, which is fucking incredible. Not many people can do that. Um, and, and Cyborg looked great. I know they might not have, uh, you know, and Anik was talking about in his podcast. He got some backlash. Anik was talking about how there was a 10-8 round in there. So I'm not really sure where this, like, super hate came from. I thought it was a little unnecessary. And it, not to mention, it, it, might, it, it was a boring card, right? So there wasn't a ton to talk about. There wasn't, like, superstars. There wasn't a fight that was buzzing. Jeff Neal, Nico Price, kind of, Pantoja, and Devin uh, Figueroa, but that was so early in the night that a lot of the MMA community, I think, was like, oh, fuck Joe Rogan. You know what I mean? Like, they had no energy. They had nothing to really kind of talk about except the fact that Joe Rogan might have been having an off night. So let's relax, MMA community. Let's just relax. Okay, so Cyborg, listen, the Cyborg stuff. So that was her last fight in the contract. They released video of her and Dana's conversation. She basically said, don't lie. Don't, don't, Don't tell lies about me. Kind of a civil conversation. They kind of spun it that Dana says, whenever I say something, don't tell, don't say I'm not saying the truth or whatever. I didn't quite hear that in the video. Um, but a lot of people I see online are like, Cyborg needs to shut the fuck up, right? She, the woe is me is tired. Listen, she went on Ariel's show and Ariel loved it. Ariel sat there like a little fucking kid with his hand on his chin going, yeah, tell me more how much you hate Dana. Like that little fucking puppet that he is. Cyborg, it took forever for her getting the UFC, right? 
They added a weight division for her. They added 145 because she couldn't make 135. They said, this is your division, right? Not a lot of competition there, but this is yours. You're going to headline. You're going to promote. Blah, blah, blah. We're going to do all these things for you. Amanda Nunes comes in, knocks Cyborg out, super fight, knocks Cyborg out, established herself as the greatest female fighter of all time, and Cyborg kind of got set back a little bit. Now, and I thought she handled loss with grace and, and pure class, but now it seems that the comments that Joe Rogan and Dana made years ago, she's like demanding a public an apology. And it's weird because you've been in the UFC for what, four years now, five years maybe? Maybe a little less than that. Probably like four. So why is it a big deal now? Is it a big deal because you're you're wanting to leave? And Dana's saying, I don't know if she wants to resign because I think she wants to go take some super fights and maybe some easier fights because there's not a ton of people for her to fight outside the UFC. I know you can, you're going to say Julia Bond over at, uh, at Bellator, which I know they've expressed interest. Sure, that's fine. Make your money. Cyborg, I'm not really sure how old she is, but she's been around for a while. Um, so if you want paydays, if you want the, the big paydays, I have no problem with that. Go do that. But the what was me, the, the complaining, and I need an apology from this, this, and this person, and I'm out of... Listen, I don't think she's afraid to fight Amanda Nunes. I also don't think she's chomping at the bit to fight Amanda Nunes. I think there's mutual respect. She blocked Amanda Nunes on Twitter, uh, according to Nina Ansaroff. They, that was a tweet that got sent out. Obviously... It's bothering you. It's a problem for Cyborg, obviously. So I don't really know what's going on with her. Um, I think Dana is more right than she is. I think Dana is saying she wants to go take easier fights and she wants to get paid and do these super fights. And 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 I think that's what she needs to do if she wants to do that. If not, we'll sign. And she she's already said a year ago that she's done with her contract and she wants to go box. She wants to go box shields. She wants to go do other things, and that's fine. But like, I feel like the minute she rejects a contract or, or doesn't come to her terms with the contract or doesn't fight Nunes again, she'll go fight in Bellator once or twice and then complain about the UFC. Arrow will have him on a show. She'll complain about the UFC, Dana White, Joe Rogan. Then she'll go fight in Risen or she'll go fight in kickboxing or maybe even boxing. And the whole narrative is going to be UFC treating me awful. It's always going to be that, right? It's not the fact that I'm not happy now. It's the fact that they treated me bad. And uh, I just, I don't like the victim card. I don't, I don't know what she's a victim of. Dana White and Joe Rogan said some ugly shit about her. I've seen Joe Rogan apologize. Um, and I think he just released another apology. I'm sure Dana White maybe has, maybe hasn't. I'm not really sure. He's also, Dana White's also said some crazy ass shit. So let, let's relax. Let's not like, let's act like we don't know who Dana White is. Okay. He's the guy that's going to fly out the fucking handle. And say some crazy shit, and then a month later, it's going to be completely different, right? Let's not act like Dana's fucking, uh, I don't know, just the Gandhi or something like that, right? He's got the bald head. Let's say he's not Gandhi. That's you know, he's speaking pr- profits, right? The guy's get a, a promoter, and he says things because he's an emotional dude. And I think Cyborg's being emotional right now. I think that's what it is. And that's not a stab at fucking women. I don't think all women are emotional. So don't come at me. Don't at me. All right, so uh, we got here. Uh, last little thing. We're going to recap to the Contender Series. Uh, Hor- right before we get to the rain of the day, of course, it's about Aero Hawani. Uh, Hori Masvidal has been tweeting out some vague stuff with some shh emojis and hmm emojis. I can't imagine um, they gave him the title fight before this Saturday. They might have. I'm not really sure. But um, something's going on. He might have got the Connor fight. Um, I've heard Connor is rematching Jose Aldo. There's a lot of rumors going around. I'm not really sure. 
but something big has happened with Jorge because he's being very vague with the tweet, the emojis. He's being smart about it. Um, I hope he gets a title shot in November. I think him and Uzman would be great. I also think Colby, if Colby wins, I think him and Uzman would be great. So, you know, you know, all right. So right in the day, I'm going to keep it short. Cause we got to recap the, the contender series. And then we're going to do the, we're going to do the picks for, uh, UFC Covington and Lawler. Let me let me pull up the website for the um um the website. Dan Tom. We're not gonna do a Dan Tom ranking. Uh here we go. Dan Tom grading the winners. God damn you, Dan Tom. Uh we're just gonna go over we're just gonna go over um uh, the the fights. Um pretty good fights last night in the contender series. Anyway, okay, so the rant of the day, Errol Hawani. Listen, why not? Why you have the biggest show in MMA, right? I always come on Ariel, so I'm going to keep it short and sweet. You have the biggest show in MMA. Fighters want to get on your show to extend their platform. You're all about the fighters, right? I know you have bosses to answer to. I know you probably have a booker at ESPN. You're not making all these bookings yourself. But you had Lou DeBell on, who's a boxing promoter, who's talking about the deaths in boxing. I, I kind of get that. That might have been the ESPN move. I think he has a good relationship with the ESPN move. If you're an MMA fan, you don't know who Ludabella is, type in Ludabella Joe Rogan and watch him shit all over MMA. Shit all over Rogan like Rogan's some fucking idiots. And boxing's so superior. And Ariel's going to have him on his MMA show. Right? I don't give a fuck if the guy's changed his tune. When you shit all over uh, something that you're going to devote your life to and these fighters are devoting their life to, and I know you think boxing's superior, still do because you're a boxing promoter, you have two deaths in boxing in a matter of weeks. How many deaths have been in MA in a matter of the weeks? What what was that was that question asked? Why the fuck was Lou DeBell on? Get a fighter on there that that needs to be on there. Get a fighter that's on this card coming out that maybe has never been on your show before and promote him. And then and then they had fucking Steve O on the week before that talking about he wants to fight Bieber and how he can take a punch. Fucking Steve O. I mean, listen, I love Jackass like the rest of us. I love Wild Boys, but fucking Steve O? On an MMA show, when you could have had any of the young undercard talents that are trying to make a name for themselves, that have maybe 5,000 tw- uh, Twitter and Instagram followers that want to fucking get more and want to promote themselves and get out there, that want to be stars. The minute they try to become stars and the minute they make an impact in the UFC, fucking Arrow's going to be hitting them up. Hey, come on the show. Oh, sorry. No, you fucking booked Steve-O. What? Am I taking crazy pills? I didn't watch either interview. I, I stopped watching his show. And I know he, he obviously, f- he has to fill hours and whatever like that. I mean, you can take a side and, and that that's fine. But, and he does, it's not like he's booking non-MMA people. He has MMA people on there. But instead of fucking Steve-O and Luda Bella, put on a Vince Murdoch, who hasn't made his debut in the UFC yet. I'll pick somebody from the card. Get a Matt Snell on there, right? Young kid on this new card. Get a fucking... Get a Jordan Espinoza who won the contender series. He's got a fight coming up. Get him on the card. I know it's about ratings and I know, I know it's about fucking viewers and Steve-O people are going to be like, I wonder what Steve-O's going to say, or I want to know what Luba Bella's going to say. It just fucking figure it out. Ariel ESPN. That's just bullshit to me. There's fighters out there that need to get their name out there who are very, very talented guys who aren't going to get invited to the aerial show until they win or do something. But you need to get these guys now. Matt Schell has been in the uh, UFC for a while. I don't know if he's ever been an aerial show, show, but he's got a fight coming up. 
And if he wins and he looks good, are they going to book him after he wins? Or if he loses or whatever? I don't know. Anyway, so I'm getting hot. That wasn't supposed to be that fucking... I wasn't supposed to blow my top that bad, okay? I got to watch it. Doctor's orders. All right, so the contender series last night, pretty good contender series. Uh, real quick recap. Started off with uh, Rodrigo Nascimento versus Michael Martinic. Uh, Martinic? Uh, Martinic looked like fucking Travis Brown, like just decided to act like he was Polish. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Um, uh, pretty good fight. Heavyweight, uh, heavyweights and, uh, the big Brazilian dude choked him out. It was, it was uneventful. Next up, Alan Cruz versus Steven Wynn. Awesome fight. Alan Cruz, one of the more talented guys from the contender series, in my opinion, he's long. He throws good kicks. Defense, a little suspect. He's fucking mean, insane, absolutely insane. Uh, knockout with the with the knee there. Um, I love the timing. I love the third round, no less, right? In a, a fairly close fight. Love the knee. Dana White's like, yep. He looked at Dana White and was and did like the signing thing. And Dana's like, yep, you're signed. I love that. I love the swag. Love the confidence. He was smiling. He seems like a good dude. Um, awesome stuff. I I love that. I I I, I love that. I think he's what is he a featherweight? Yeah, big featherweight too. Hopefully the weight won't get to him. But uh, he's an exciting dude. He's got some crazy kicks. He's got some good movement, good chin. It is a killer in there as well, which I love. Uh, next up, you had uh, Alexis Kamura versus for, uh, Fabio Charant. That was the main event. Uh, Kamura's an Ohio boy. Stipe called right after he TKO'd uh, Charant. Charant, a guy, um, they said on the broadcast, he's fought his opponents combined. He was 4-0. His opponents were like 3-14. So you literally fought a guy that's never won before, right? Like, that's kind of rough. In my opinion, right? So uh Kamur's a guy who's, who I don't really know much about. Trains with Stipe. Um, I think what is he a light heavyweight? Yeah, so big big boy. And um he got the win. What light that were light heavyweights, really? I didn't think they were that big. Uh, but he got the win in 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 impressive fashion, got signed as well. Uh those three got signed. Tracy Cortez versus Maria uh Maria Agpova. Uh doesn't matter. Tracy Cortez is a dime dime, is a dimey dime. Hot little number has a great story next to her name. Tough as can be. Um, pretty good fight. One by decision. Uh, I thought she looked really good. I thought she looked aggressive in there. Slowed down a little bit, but towards the end, waving them on. I thought both women looked great. I thought both women could probably really add to that flyweight division. It's really, really thin right now. Uh, they need to get uh, they need to get put in there. But Tracy Cortez, dime dime. And then Daniel Rodriguez versus Rico Farrington, a kind of a forgotten fight. Farrington's a guy I've heard of. Long stand up. Um, they said these guys were featherweights. I don't think these guys were featherweights. This is all fucked up. These guys were like 170, I think. Yeah, this is all fucked up. Um, uh, big, long, strong striker. Rodriguez is a, is a fucking, yeah, man. You know, his fucking post-fight interview, I think maybe is why he didn't get in the UFC. This dude, like, listen, I, I respect all walks of life. I respect where you come from. But, like, you know, when you fit a stereotype, like, I mean, he was talking, like, if you ever seen It's Always Sunny where um, Charlie and Mac have to do Brazilian accents? And they're like, you know, we they didn't know where Brazil was at. So they're like, you know what? Do any Latin American accent. And they went, Olé, Holmes, dude, nachos. They did a fucking Los Angeles cholo accent. And Daniel Rodriguez, I don't think he's from Los Angeles. Not really sure where he's from. He did his interview and he's fucking, that's him. I mean, watch that episode. That's, I mean, he's like, yeah, you know, I'll do what I do. And he's like grabbing his crotch and shit. It was awesome. I love, you know, I thought it was funny because it's like, this dude is authentic. I loved, I love authenticity. 
Um, but yeah, man, maybe tone it down a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. But he's who he's who he is. Who the fuck am I to say? Who am I to say about that? Okay, so that is the just a recap of everything. We are going to jump into. Well, no, I'm gonna play a little jingle for you. So if you're not sticking around, uh, hold on, what's going on here? Where are I going? I sound like my grandpa. My grandpa always says that. If you're not sticking around for the um, for the pickums, then you could go ahead and switch off, and I'll see you guys next week. If you're sticking around, let's uh, let's do it. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. <laughs> dollar, dollar. Dollar, dollar. I have to do Shane McMahon because, listen, I'm not a wrestling fan. Grew up in the Attitude Area in the late 90s, early 2000s. Your boy was on it, so he got a little bit of uh, pussy. And then um, wrestling wasn't really my thing anymore. Uh, chicks were. So, with that being said, we have August 3rd, Lawler vs. Covington. Um, I, you know, I think Jersey, right? Middle of the day card. I love middle of the day cards. Uh, I'm gonna, my wife works, I think on Saturday and, and it's a day before my birthday. And I think my parents want to get dinner and something like that, but you know, they're gonna, they're gonna have to wait. Cause, cause daddy's got to watch some fights. Think about doing top golf. Not really sure yet though. I mean, if you've been a top golf yet, I don't know if we can go though, because my little one is a roamer. And I'm afraid she'll fall right. I know they have nets and shit, but she'll fall right off that. Anyway, let's get to the card. I'll try to make this short and sweet. Um, I see a lot of shit shitting on this card, if I'm being honest with you. I think the main event's really good. The cone main event is is weak. Um, I think there's some interesting fights. Again, you might hear me say this a lot, and, and, and I might sound like a broken record or whatever. Um, I'm definitely gonna bet on this fight. I'm gonna have uh I'm gonna like any, any birthday money. Well, I'm going to call up my, my betting, my bookie, uh, not my bookie.com. Fuck them. But I'm going to call up who, who I place my bets with and be like, Hey, do you, do you guys take gift cards? Cause I'm sure I'm going to get like a gas card or like a fucking grocery store card, Kroger card or something like that. You, you want $50, $50 Kroger card on this fight. Um, so I will be gambling, but it's a tough fucking card, dude. I, I felt, I felt a little insecure pulling the trigger. I got a fight here. I don't even have marked down yet. So we're gonna have to do it live. We're gonna do one on the fly. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some people I don't know. I've looked at the records and yeah, I just don't know. Uh, all right. First up, we got Mario, Mara, Mara Romero Barella. You think she's Italian? She's 12 and five. She's a minus 170 favorite versus Lauren Murphy. Who's 10 and four been around the game for a little bit. She is a plus 140 dog. Um, I don't know much about Barella. Uh, let's look at her thing. I did look her up earlier this week, but uh, again, I uh, uh, slipped my mind a little bit. I don't really know who she is. American Top Team. Uh, is that what it says? Jim Affiliates. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so she is 2-1 UFC. Caitlin Chukagian is her only loss. A lot of these wins are by decision. One win by finish, excuse me. Um yeah, I don't know much about her, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, uh, Lauren Murphy's a, 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 a female fighter that I am very familiar with. I believe she was on the Ultimate Fighter. Nope, she was on the Ultimate Fighter. Fuck you. Um, Sarah McMahon was her UFC debut. She lost. She lost to Liz Carmouche. She's fought. She's also lost to... Oh, she was on the Ultimate Fighter. Fuck off. Um, she lost to Caitlin Chigagian as well. Chigagian's got a lot of wins in there. Uh, she lost her last fight to Stryer Eubanks by decision. So, you know... Again, if if you want to decide who's going to win this fight, just take a fucking bowl of spaghetti, 
put both their pitches on the wall and throw the fucking ball. Cause who fucking knows, right? I'm sure there's some handicappers out there and there's some real fucking, they poured over film on both these women. Um, I haven't done that. I've seen Lauren Murphy fight. I don't recall if I've seen Barella fight. Barella is a heavy favorite at minus 170. I think that's crazy when you got I think it's evenly matched. I think plus 140 Lauren Murphy is the easiest fucking underdog money I've taken. I'm taking Lauren Murphy. I'm taking the points. I'm taking the numbers. I'm taking it to the fucking bank. And I'm double up my Kroger card, baby. Woo! All right, next up, you got Matt Schnell. I talked about him earlier. He's 13 and four. He is a minus 110 favorite pick him fight whatever jordan espinoza 14 and 5 he is a minus 110 as well this is dead even dead pick him i got these lines yesterday today is wednesday so it, everything's subject to change i don't see a ton of movement on this line if i'm being honest with you but i do see uh you know a slight movement in either way jordan espinoza's guy been on the ultimate fighter or excuse me contender series twice good wrestling good grappling thicker dude matt snell is dangerous on the ground right you know he was you know he he's Bounced around a few camps, has a little bit of a chin problem in my opinion. I think his he can't take a shot like he used to be able to. Um, he does have good stand up. He's fast um, and uh, really good on the ground. I think he's got really interesting chokes. Pretty good cardio. Espinoza. My big question with him is cardio. He has kind of a grinding style and, and, and in your face style. But um, I've never seen a guy gas. But I've also never seen him really go three hard rounds with someone on Schnell's level. This is a this is a true true pick em fight. I see a lot of money coming on Snell, probably not, maybe not a lot of money, but I see Haney Capper's picking Snell because I think his overall game is probably better. I think his stand up might be a little cleaner. His submission game might be a little cleaner, but this is fucking MMA. None of that matters. It's about matchups. I think Espinosa is a really tough matchup for him. Espinosa is a big kid, strong kid, um, good wrestler. Don't really know much about his submission defense, but I'm I'm assuming since he doesn't have a ton of submission losses, he's 14 and five. Let's dive in. I don't think he's had a ton of submission losses. Decision unanimous. Decision, yeah. So all his, he has one, two. Andrew Cash and Dominic Mazato rear naked choking him back in uh, six years ago. Um, so he has been submitted to four. But anyway, I like Espinosa. I'm gonna take Espinosa. In this fight, I think he's bigger, stronger. I think he can probably bully Schnell. Maybe even get a finish. I don't think his stand-up is polished. I do think Schnell has better stand-up. I think Espinosa has more power. And I don't think Schnell is uh, is a defensive wizard when it comes to the stand-up. I think he can get cracked. All right, next up, you have Claudio Silvia, who's 13-1. and one. He's a minus 400 favorite. <sighs> Steep. Against Cole Williams, who's 11-1. and one. He's a plus 330 underdog. Cole Williams, if I asked you where you think Cole Williams is from, right? Your first guess will probably be Texas. You ain't go Texas, boy. He's from Iowa, right? He's he's Iowa born and tough. He's got a good record. He's 11 and 1. Whenever I see a guy 11 and 1 and I wonder why he hasn't fought in the UFC yet, it's probably because he hasn't fought anybody. I'm looking at Cole Williams' record. He's been fighting since 2008. He took all of 2000 12 and 13 off he fought 2011 took three years off came back in 2014 took one fight in 2014 uh two fights in 15 one fight in 17 so it's just an inactive problem right he's got a lot of wins by uh he's got a flying armbar win which is shocking but against a nobody this guy hasn't fought anybody right and and silva is is fought danny roberts who i who i think is a very talented fighter very uh good grappler 
Whenever you see that that number next to that name, though, whenever you see a plus 330, you want to be the guy to crack the code. You want to be the guy to get it. <sighs> Silva, his record's really good. He's another guy that's not super active. Incredible submissions, right? I thought he was losing that Danny Roberts fight. I thought the I thought Danny Roberts was going to knock him out, TKO him a few times. He hung tough. He does have the best stand-up in the world. He wants to fight on the ground. Cole Williams, I, I don't know much about him. It seems like he's probably a kind of a grinder, um, you know, rough, tough dude. Hasn't fought anybody. As much as I want to get that plus 330 and fucking get, just get, say fuck Apple and fuck their gift cards, as much as I want that, I, I just can't. I'm going to go with Silva. Um, but my advice is if you want to bet Cole Williams, go right the fuck ahead. Cause I love, I love the number. I, that's a value pick right there at plus three thirty against a guy Silva who, who was very, very talented, but I don't think he's, I don't know if he's like upper echelon talented. All right. Next up, Scott Holtzman, hot sauce. He's 12 and three. He is another minus 400 favorite. He is fighting Dong Young Ma, who's 69 and three. Who's a plus 295. Um, Holtzman's a guy who I'm not like crazy about, but I think he's very solid. I just don't think he explodes like off the screen to me. I don't think he does anything great. Dong Young Ma uh, actually got knocked out by my boy Dominic Steele. Shout out Dom Steele, former UFC fighter. I believe he's fighting in Russia now. I, I'm not really sure where he's fighting. He's been fighting all over the place. Um, used to train with Dom. Dom's a good dude. Um, Dom knocked him out with a slam, I believe, in Korea maybe uh, when they fought. Dung Yama is a guy who, who who hasn't fought or hasn't really won like top competition, hasn't beat anybody yet, hasn't lost to Dom Steele, has been knocked out a few times. His last fight out, Devontae Smith knocked him out. Before that, he, he had he had a nice little run. He uh he had three wins in a row. Um he's been knocked out before several times. Holtzman, a guy coming off a loss. I believe he's coming off a loss, right? It wasn't a, a pretty competitive fight. Yeah, Nick Lentz. Uh, Nick Lentz is outgrinding him. Nick Lentz is just a tough fucking matchup. Oh, and that, that reminds me. I didn't talk in the first half about how BJ Penn's coming back to fight Nick Lentz. Um, I think my mind deleted it, and I didn't write it down to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it. It should never happen. Dana White's backtracking. Uh, BJ Penn, I guess people are saying... If he's not fighting, he's getting himself in trouble. Um, there's been a lot of jokes. He's getting mocked. It's it's heartbreaking. I just stare at my BJ Penn autograph picture I got when I bought one of his t-shirts uh, back in 2009. And I just weep. I just weep into it. Uh, but back to this fight. Uh, Scott Holtzman lost Nick Lentz. Nick Lentz is just going to stick on you. Holtzman's in shape, dude. I think he's going to win this fight handily. However, um... I'm not going to bet it. I'm not going to go crazy. Uh, I'm going to pick Holtzman. He's a big favorite. Uh, Nothing impressive here. I just think this fight might fall a little flat, uh, but Holtzman needs a win. Holtzman needs a win. He needs to get a finish as well. This guy's been finished before. He can get a finish in there. Next up, you got Gerald Morskart, who's 29 and 11. He's a plus 140 underdog versus Trevin Giles, who's 11 and 1, who is a minus 170 favorite. I think he's ballooned up to 185 favorite. Um, Morskart's a guy who's really respected at Duke Rufus's gym. Guys love him. Good on the ground. He doesn't really do it for me. I don't know if he's an elite level guy. Um, I know he's got good submissions, but it seems like when he gets guys to the ground, it's just, he's not like a killer yet. I, I, he's had a lot of fights. He does have finishes. I just, he's not like a Damian Maya on the ground. Like people, I think he runs like the grappling class at Duke Rufus. I could, I could be wrong on that, but 
Um, seems like a great guy. He's been around for a while. Tough dude. Had some losses that maybe shouldn't have been losses. Trevin Giles is a guy that really fucked me in the last time out. Lost to Zach Cummings. Got cracked by Zach. I think got finished by Cummings, if I'm being honest with you. Last time, they uh, Trevin Giles was part of my parlay. Yeah, he got guillotine chuck round three by uh, Zach Cummings. Giles was part of my parlay. Um, he was my lock of the night, I believe, on that Pick'em podcast as well. And it made me look like a real asshole. A real McAsshole, Trevin Giles. Um, so out of principle, I shouldn't pick him. But um, I'm going to put that aside because I'm a bigger fucking man. I like Trevin Giles. I like Trevin Giles' game. I think he's good. I think he maybe slept on Zach Cummings, who's and he was guy's got a chin for days. Um, he's a really tough out in that division. Uh, I like Trevin Giles in this fight. I think he's going to be, um, as long as he can avoid the ground, avoid the traps, and avoid just getting fucking his neck taken home, I think he can probably uh, win big in this fight. Next up, you got Antonio Shachenko, who's 7-1. and one. She a minus one. She a, she's a minus 160 favorite versus Lucia Podova, who is 8-4. and four. She's a plus 130 underdog. Um, I, I haven't looked at the lines yet. I know this line's moving. A lot of people like Podova in this fight. Um, Shevchenko really dropped the ball against Roxanne. Looked terrible. She's obviously not her sister. She's seven and one. She's getting this push. Lucy Podova has fought in the UFC numerous times. Um, she's coming back off back to back losses. Uh, she's fought in the UFC. Was that five, six times? Wasseline Landsberg beat Jung Young Kim. Beat Sarah Marais by decision. Lost to Aldana. Lost to Liz Carmouche. So she's fought really top competition. I think this is a solid underdog play here. Uh, Satenko is a girl that got out grappled by Roxanne pretty handedly, um, kind of gassed a little bit, wasn't dangerous anywhere. Wasn't that long ago. She was a huge favorite for that fight as well. Roxanne, uh, took a big underdog win home there. This is a fight that's tough. I'm, I'm actually really tough on picking this fight. I want to go underdog, but I do think Shatenko maybe will clear up what she's got going on. Um, God, this is tough. You know what? I'm going to take the underdog just like everybody else. Everyone's biting on this underdog. The fucking Greek guy with the fake teeth on Dana White. Still, no, no, the underdog. However the fuck he talks with his fake fucking white teeth. Um, he loves this girl, which means she's going to lose. I, I just, you know, Shotenko's really got to show me something here. She, she's really got to come out and show me something. And, uh, you know, Roxanne's a tough girl and, and a tough off for anybody. But, um, you know. They both have wins over Jin Young Kim, and then uh, uh, she's got a win on the contender series as well, Shotenko. But yeah, she lost a split decision to Roxanne Bonifari. Um, I thought she lost every round in that fight, if I'm being honest with you. But uh, Padova, again, who's, I, you know, I'm going to go with the woman who's fought higher competition. But I wouldn't be surprised if Shotenko ch- takes this on the air because uh, Johnny or Johnny the Greek gambler, whoever the fuck is getting the UFC's pain, I just, you know, can't trust him. All right, next up, we got Mickey Gall, who is 5-2. Hey, Mickey, you're so fun, you're so fun, you blah, 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 Mickey. Plus 115, underdog versus Salim Tahari, maybe, 10-3. He is a minus 135 favorite. This is a fight I don't have marked down. I usually fill out, I usually go over Sunday, I print the sheets off. I go over all the fights on Sunday. I go over all the fights on Monday, watch tape, do whatever. Tuesday, typically start selecting my fights, and then on Wednesday, I record. I've left this fight off. I've skipped this fight several times. Mickey Gall's a guy, I mean, one of my favorite all-time walkouts when I saw him fight uh, CM Punk, right? A lot of hype around him. Went out to California, left his small town in Jersey. Didn't look good in his last fight. Um, you know, he has a real problem getting taken down. His jiu-jitsu isn't as good as he thinks it is. His stand-up's even weaker. His cardio suspect. Uh, just such a promising kid for the UFC, but just, he's been laying some eggs lately. Um 
Salim is coming off a split decision loss against Nikita Nakamura. He's coming off a decision loss to Warley Alves. He is 0-2 in the UFC, um, and yet he is a favorite, which is which kind of tells you what people think about Mickey Gall. Mickey Gall is coming off a loss to Diego Sanchez. He has a rear naked choke win over George Sullivan, and then a loss uh, to Randy Brown. He's got all his wins by rear naked choke. Um, I don't think Salim's all that great, if I'm being honest with you. I think, um, you know, I think he's a tough dude. Mickey Gall's, I just, you know, he's he's kind of a one-trick pony at this point. I believe he's still in California. I'm not really, if, if, if Kings maybe, I know he's he's out there in Southern California or something. This is a tough fight. I want to take Mickey as the underdog here because I just don't think Salim is that great. Um, fuck it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Mickey Gall as the underdog. I don't love the pick. I'm good to bet the pick, though, because he's, he's, he's an under. Um, I better, I'm not going to check on it now because I want to kind of, I don't want to, I want to keep this under an hour 15 where we at. Hour eight? Okay, that ain't going to happen. All right, um, yeah, so Mickey Gall. All right, next up, you got, uh, we got uh, Darko Stoziak, who's minus 125 favorite, versus Kennedy Nzukuwu. I butchered your name, bro, and I'm so sorry. Uh, Kenny's a guy come out of the contender series, um, made his UFC debut and laid an egg. Another guy that kind of fucked me, uh, on the betting thing. Paul Krieg, uh, rear triangle choke him around three. Um, he's a stand-up guy, right? He's not a submission guy. Darko Stoziak's a guy who just fought in June and, uh, lost, uh, a decision to Devin Clark. Devin Clark avoided all stand-up and basically gr- grinded him out. This is going to be a stand-up, uh, battle that they're going to, they're going to fight on the feet. Kennedy's long. He's lanky. Darko is, you know, killer. Got a lot of hype around him. Decent record. Um, I like Kennedy though. I'm, I like the I like the underdog here. He's a plus one hundred five underdog. I like him as the underdog. Um, I'm taking him as the underdog. I think it'll probably be close a little closer, but I like Kennedy because I think it's a good matchup for him. Next up, you got Hannah Goldie, who is six and zero, five and zero. She is a minus one twenty four. Oh, nope, excuse me. She's a minus one sixty five favorite. She's fighting Miranda Granger. Granger. Uh, who's six and zero? Who's a plus one forty five underdog? Um, I got to be honest, with you, I saw Hannah Goldie. Hannah Goldie fought on the Contender Series. She trains in Orlando, I believe. In shape, uh, tough as nails. Woman, she's her, her skills are, are coming along. I don't think she's incredibly talented yet, but she, she's pretty good. Um, they're both making the UFC debut here. Uh, Miranda Granger is a girl who, a female fighter, I keep saying girl, female fighter, a fighter, I don't even say female fighter, a fighter that I've uh, been following a little bit on Instagram. Um, and just for that, I'm going to take Miranda. She is a slight underdog. I like that. Um, this can go either way. This is literally a fucking toss-up fight. I think both women have similar skill sets. They're built the same. Um, Hannah Goldie has more eyes on her from the contender series. So a lot of people are going to be picking her and that's why she's a favorite. But Miranda Granger, I, I, I like the number next to her name and she's a big underdog. There's some underdog plays to be had boys. Let's get that money. Next up, you got Hakeem Silva. Who's 11 and one versus Nusrat Haparast. God, that's a fucking name. Guy looks exactly like Kevin uh, Gaslam. Kelvin, excuse me, Kevin, who, uh, he's 10 and two. Silva is a plus 195 underdog, and uh, Nasserat is a 10 and two. Excuse me, what? Nasserat is a minus 250 favorite. The Greek guy, no, not the Greek guy. Uh, a couple handicappers really love Akeem Silva in this fight. I don't blame him. I'm taking Akeem Silva. I, I'm not going to break down the fight a ton because I got a lot for the final two fights. So I'm, I'm taking Silva uh, in that fight as an underdog. That's 
A couple underdog plays for you, boys. All right, so co-main main event, main event, or excuse me, co-main event is a little weak in my opinion. Clay Guida versus Jim Miller. Clay Guida is 35 and 18. He is a plus 150 underdog. He's fighting Jim Miller, who is 30 and 13, who's a minus 185 favorite. Um, this fight should be kicking off a prelim in 2008. It is wild that they're co I mean they're co-main eventing. I believe this was supposed to be Vulcan Ozemir co-main eventing, but the visa issues or something like that. Um I've been back and forth on this fight. It's a fight that should be better placed in 2008, 2010, 2009 area. Um, they're fighting now. I'm surprised they never fought before. Clay Guida coming off the BJ Penn win. Jim Miller coming off a big win against... Uh, who did he beat? He, he looked really good his last time out, uh, Jim Miller did. Uh, Jason Gonzalez. Yeah, big, big boy. Rear naked choking him. Uh, Jim Miller's been fighting the tougher competition. He's been losing. He has Lyme disease, which apparently is a uh, you know is a, is a big deal to him. I thought you could get rid of Lyme disease. I guess I'm wrong. They both have lost to Charles Alvera in, in recent times. Clay Guida has been up and down. He went to 45. What well, didn't work out. Now he's back up at 55. Jim Miller again, a guy. They're both legends, right? They're both incredible, incredible fighters. I you know I like the matchup. I just don't like it as a co-main event. That's my that's my biggest beef. Um, Clay's working with, uh, um, excuse me, team alpha male, but I don't know if he's out there anymore. I think he's in, I think he moved back home to Illinois. I'm not exactly sure about that. I'd have to double check Jim Miller. This is in Jersey. He's a Jersey boy. I'd be fucking shocked if he didn't walk out the Bruce, Bruce Springsteen. Um, man, this fight's really getting me in a pickle because I think I'm, I always bet the co-main and man, I I generally always do. I, I like it. It's it saves something for the end of the card. Like if I bet only prelims and it's like, Oh, well, I have no interest in the, th- in the fucking thing. And I always end up betting anyway. So I might as well fucking make a smart decision here. Oh man. I really like clay as the underdog. I mean, I don't know if I'm gonna pick him yet, but clay has better cardio, right? Jim Miller has slowed down in the past. He's got Lyme disease. Um, a lot of people think this is Jim Miller swan, Jim Miller swan song. They think he's going to hang it up here. He's a Jersey boy. He's had like 33 fights in the OC or some shit like that. Some crazy. Um, a lot of people think he's going to hang it up here. I think he looked great in his last fight. I think his stand-up is better than Clay Guida's. Um, however, I think Clay can put a real good pace on him. I think Clay's stand-up isn't... It's it's coming along a little bit, but he did get outboxed by BJ until BJ just completely slowed down because that's what BJ does. Uh, I'm going to pick Jim Miller. I'm picking Jim Miller as the favorite. I don't like how high he is, though. Um, I think Clay Guida could maybe out cardio him and, and steal this in the decision. However, if it's a close fight, I, I'm be shocked if Jersey, the Jersey crowd doesn't sway the judges and, and we get a little home cooking. Um, Clay kind of falls short on some of these big fights like this. Um, yeah, I'm going to pick Jim Miller. I'm not going to look back. I, I thought I was going to pick Clay, uh, Clay Guida. Um, I think there's some serious value on his name, but no, I'm going to go Jim Miller. All right, main event. Love this main event. Colby Covington is 14-1. He's a minus 230 favorite versus Robbie Lawler, 28-13. He is a plus 180 underdog. Um, I love this fight for so many reasons. There's a lot of moving parts in this fight. So Colby Covington hasn't fought in a little bit. He's kind of the controversial guy now. He's really made a name for himself, even though it might be a bit, it might not be. I'm not really sure. He's obviously going with it. He was in New York with a nice suit and a fucking Make America hat, uh, Make America, uh, whatever the fuck the hat is, Make America Great Again hat. Um, I, you know, I, I like Kobe's game. I do. I like the pressure. I like his stand up is is god awful, right? His stand up is 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 
training an American top team for as long as he has and having 15 fights, I, I would be shocked that his stand-up is as bad as it is. It's, it's not that great. His punches are pretty slow. He's tough, though. His, he puts a pace on you. His cardio is, is through the roof. I think he's got good chokes, but besides chokes, I don't think he has a great submission game. I think he's got a pretty good top game. Um, I think his takedowns are pretty good. He's got a good single. He knows how to finish off the takedown really well. However, I don't think he's the best wrestler. Askren, or excuse me, Lawler's fought. I think Lawler has fought better wrestlers. I think Askren was a better wrestler. I think Josh Koscheck was a better wrestler. I think Johnny Hendricks was a better wrestler. Um, Robbie has fought wrestlers, right? Robbie's getting a little older there. He looked great in Askren. Everyone that grapples with Askren says this guy's fucking stronger than a goddamn ape, and he gets put on his fucking and he got put on his head. Robbie Lawler put that motherfucker on his head and almost killed him. And then got caught with that choke and, you know, the rest is history. But Robbie Lawler looked in insane shape for that fight. In the past, when Robbie Lawler, besides the Nick Diaz fight, when Robbie Lawler fights people that he doesn't like, he's a fucking savage. And he's a mean dude. He gets in there like him and Roy McDonald had a little bit of heat, right? And he fucking stared at Roy McDonald with a fucking no lip, a hair lip. The goddamn lip was fucking three inches wide. He had to get plastic surgery. He's staring at him. Rory McDonald's nose is busted. It was one of the best in-between round moments ever. They want to go back to the corner. Just fucking savages. Um, Robbie's looked in incredible shape. He took some year off. He, he tore his ACL. He, he's falling short sometimes when he fights the big fights. Everyone is looking at the RDA fights. How Colby fought RDA and how Robbie fought RDA. Robbie lost the decision RDA, right? Um, RDA is a little bit quicker, a little bit faster. Good striking. Robbie counters a very close fight. Colby Covington just put a pressure on RDA and made RDA break. And he won that fight. And, and he won, I believe that was the interim title fight. And um, just put the pressure, pressure, pressure. The difference is, is RDA is small. So he was quicker for Robbie Lawler. Robbie Lawler's a big 170. Robbie Lawler used to fight at 85. Colby Covington's a small 70. I guarantee you right now, today's Wednesday, I guarantee you Colby Covington weighs about 175 pounds. He has probably a five-pound cut. He's not a big dude for 170, right? Probably could fight at 55 if he really wanted to. He's pretty ripped up. He's pretty in pretty good shape, but he hasn't cut much weight. I think that's why his cardio is so good. He put a pace on RDA that RDA couldn't do, right? RDA likes fighting at his own pace. Robbie let RDA do that and was trying to counter and then explode when he could like he does in most of his fights. I don't see the pace being that big of a deal, but I do see the pace being the only way Colby can win because the striking's not going to do it, and I really don't think he's going to submit Robbie. I also don't think he can hold Robbie down for five rounds. He's going to have to get in there and be in, and Colby's going to have to show a lock. I think Colby's going to get fucked up. If Colby wins, there's no way he's making Madison Square Garden. There's no way he's making November because I think Robbie's going to fuck him up on the feet, regard, win or lose. With that being said, as much as I think Colby, if he won against Usman, there's a nice story there. But I'm taking Lawler. I'm taking the underdog. Listen, Robbie's a fucking savage. I, I've said savage a hundred times tonight. I'm sorry that I keep saying it, but he is literally ruthless, Robbie Lawler. I think the big punches are going to rattle Colby a little bit. I think Colby's going to get hurt. I think he gets cut. I think he's going to, I don't think it's going to be a, a walk in the park for either guys. I see this being a fucking war. Because I do see Colby putting the pace on him. I see Colby coming out, shooting a single right away. I see Robbie going 
fucking incredible Hulk in like three, the third round. I see a third round TKO for Robbie Lawler. That's the way I see it in my mind, in my mind's eye. Um, but Robbie Lawler, a lot of underdogs, boys. A lot of underdogs I picked for you here, huh? What do you think about that? Let me count them. Shaboop, there's one. Shaboop, there's another. Shaboop, there's another. Shaboop, there's another. I went Mickey Gall, which I'll regret. There's another. Who else I go with, boys? And then I went with Lauren Murphy because, you know, that's the bowl. I call that the bowl of spaghetti pick because you don't know what the fuck's going to happen. Throw a bowl of spaghetti at the wall and see where, you know, where what more sticks because y- you fucking, you don't know. Okay, so locks of the night. Let's give you the locks of the night. We'll get you out of here. Okay, so underdog lock of the night. I'm going to go Robbie Lawler because I'm really confident in that fight. I know that's kind of crazy. A lot of people like Colby. A lot of people like Robbie in this fight too. I, I see this fight. I, I got to put my bet in soon. Um, I'm going to take Robbie Lawler as my lock of the night, underdog lock of the night. Now my lock lock of the night, my, uh, guaranteed winner of the night, put all your fucking money in the bank winner of the night. Um, mm, I'm going to go, ah, I'm going to go Trevin Giles, which, which, which I was going to go with Scott Holtzman as a minus 400, but, I mean, that's that's cheating, right? I mean, who fucking cares? I was going to go with Claudia Silva because he's fighting Cole Williams, who hasn't, you know, he's fought, like, 10 times in fucking 14 years. Um, but those both are minus 400, right? I'm, I, no one should put $500 on those fights to win fucking, or no, $400 to win $100. There's, there's, nobody should do that. Trevin Giles is minus 170. He's a good pick, and I think he can get it done. So there's my locks in the night. Count them, bank them, put them in the bank. Thank me later, boys. All right. That's a fun show. A lot of energy. Maybe I should eat before each show. We're at an hour 20. Went a little long. But remember, this is a double episode. So uh, it is what it is. Okay. So my birthday is this weekend. I'm going to have fun with it. I'm going to have hopefully get some Zen. Hopefully Apple won't fuck me. Uh, More videos are going to come. I'm going to, you know, post them on Instagram, post them on Twitter, probably post them on the website as well. I got to get that back on. I mean, people who are listening is like, you have a website? Yeah. MMAtakes.com. Um, I did like some satire stuff. I, I put like, I've ranked some things and real funky stuff. I don't really break news or anything like that. I need to maybe hire somebody. I don't have any money for that. Cause we're not making any money off the website, but I maybe need to get somebody to really break the news for me. Cause I'm not a real good news breaker, right? I'm not like a, a I don't want to be like a, a, a news breaker journalist. I want to be like a columnist, a guy who gets paid for his opinions, not f- tracking down news stories. Um, so that being said, that was a fun episode. I had good, time with you guys follow me on all social media mmatakes.com at mmatakes on twitter at mmatakes on instagram i think i switched my instagram up it was mmatakes.com i think it's just at mmatakes now right let me double check that for you guys i don't know if you get so oh no excuse me it's mmatakes podcast on instagram uh i switched that up get a little bit of followers on instagram i need to get better at instagram i'm more of a twitter guy but i need to get better at instagram so it is MMA takes podcasts at Instagram at MMA takes on Twitter. I love you guys. Time for the great. Someone asked me if I sung this song. I I do not sing my outro. That is Mark Wahlberg and John C. McGinley from Boogie Nights. One of my all time favorite movies. And you're about to hear right now. Uh, I'll see you next week. You want to take it from the top? Yeah, let's try it. Okay. He will rock you. He My heat will move your soul Come on, come on, come on, come on Love me
Let's lay it down. Nick? You want to lay it down? Are we rolling on the rehearsal?